630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. It is Tuesday night football in the NFL. Tennessee leading Buffalo 14-10, just under five minutes to go in the first half. Baseball playoffs, Atlanta leading the L.A. Dodgers 5-0. That one's in the top of the fifth and coming up in about half an hour. It is the Rays and the Astros game three of that series. Tampa Bay up two games to nothing. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Double E Football Radio 630. Ched, the Double E Coaches Show coming up at 730 tonight with Scott Milanovic. Morley Scott will host that. We'll give the reins to Morley at 730. We're going to uh, do some Oilers free agency chat here in a minute or so. I'm happy to hear from you over the weekend. Of course, Tyson Berry joining the Oilers one year, $3.75 million, and Mike Smith coming back as the goaltender one year, $2 million. That rounds out what we talked about on Friday with Kyle Turris signing with the team and Tyler Ennis choosing to come back on a one-year contract. 780-496-0063 is the number to call and text. I was touching on it with Jay Lynn before I came on the show, and we will talk tonight. And get some uh, memories and some thoughts on the impact of Rob Zitlaw on the uh, Edmonton and area sporting community. Man, I, I, I heard Bob Stoffer announce it today on his show. Uh, Rob Zitlaw, who was uh, the guy behind ICU video. And uh, we lost him and his wife on the weekend in a, in a car crash. And man, you, you, I mean, if you had anything, any interest or anything to do with amateur sports in Edmonton over about the last three decades uh you would have you would have run into rob and just an incredibly dedicated man a, a kind man a lot of energy a true pro and i i think just you know elevated the way that that sports could be uh presented whether it was providing video to coaches and teams or or doing webcasts he he was just an absolute pro and had so much passion for what he was doing. Did a lot of stuff behind the scenes. And uh, I mean, really ICU video was, I mean, if there was something, some kind of sporting event that, that you needed, uh, that you wanted filmed, he was, he was there doing it. Uh, you know, junior football, high school football, we're going to have Tim, Tim Anger on the show from football, Alberta. And then a little bit later on, we'll talk to Evan Dom from, from the Canada West conference. And Evan, of course, used to work at the U of A as well. And it, it was, I was just so sad to hear that about Rob. And it won't be the, won't be the same, you know, going to U of A game or if you go to Huskies or Wildcats high school football without him or someone from his company there. Um, yeah, just a, just a tough, tough loss. So we do want to, we do want to get some reflections on, on Rob today because just an incredible contributor and part of the fabric of the Edmonton sports community. Absolutely. All right, so over the weekend, it was Tyson Berry joining the Oilers. You know, we discussed that maybe this was going to happen, and then maybe Friday it seemed like, okay, maybe it won't happen, and and you heard Berry could maybe get 5 or $6 million a season. The Oilers didn't really have it, but no, it did break Saturday around noon. The Oilers made it official, a one-year deal for Berry, coming in at $3.75 million, and he is thrilled to be an Oiler. I, I know they've been a team that's been interested, and um, I've played some you know, good games against Edmonton in the past. And um, I think they're expecting, you know, to see that uh, plan for them now. And I'm uh, super excited to bring that. And um, yeah, I, I just, 
you know, I've kind of had Edmonton on, on the radar for a long time, just looking, you know, forward in my, uh, in my career and in my future. And, uh, I feel very grateful that an opportunity presented itself and, um, I get the chance to, to be an oiler and, and play with, you know, some of the best in the world. For me, it was a no brainer. Um, you know, with everything that's going on and, and coming off a year, like I had, um, to be able to have a chance to go, uh, into Edmonton and, and play with this team on a, on a one-year deal. And, it, for me, it just uh, it wasn't about money this year and just, you know, coming in to kind of reestablish myself and, uh, you know, show, show the league that I'm still a, a pretty good player. So they got a lot of pieces in Edmonton. I love what they did uh, with Turris and uh, getting Enzo signed up too. So I think we've got a pretty, uh, pretty great team and um, I'm looking forward to getting involved. All right, so Tyson Berry coming to the Oilers last year with Toronto. For him, a down season, just five goals and 39 points in 70 games. The previous two years with the Avalanche, he had 59 and 57 points. I had another year with 53, another with 49 for the Avs. Look, Tyson Berry can produce offense from the back end. There's no doubt about it. I, I, I've said it over the last couple of weeks leading up to this, that if Tyson Berry joins the Oilers, I think their power play can be even better than it was last season. Just for fun, I'm going to start. I don't know. Can they be 35%? They were 29 and a half last year. I, I think the power play is going to continue to be deadly. What's the knock on Tyson Berry? Well, is his five-on-five play. I asked him about that on the weekend. He thinks he's a, he's a good five-on-five player, better than he gets credit for. Uh, and he also has touched on this several times. And we're going to talk to Gord Stelic out of Toronto a little bit later on, that last year simply wasn't a good year for him. Didn't start off well, got better after the coaching change. So, look, I think there's the potential for Tyson Berry to help them offensively. Uh, does it make the Oilers that much better defensively? No, it doesn't, but he's a pretty he's a pretty good player, and he's a pretty dynamic player, and I think it's been a while since the Oilers have had a player with this sort of offensive ability. Ken Holland on Oilers Now today with Bob Stoffer on adding Barry. You know, obviously he can run a power play. He's been around the, the game in Colorado and in Toronto. Um, you know, he can, he's, he's, a, he's a skilled defense, but he can pass the puck. You know, you go to the guide and record book and you know, look at his last three years, uh, 57 points, 59 points, 39 points. That's a lot of points for a, for a defenseman. So uh, obviously we're, he's coming in here to, to help run our power play or run our power play, depending on what's going on with Clef. Certainly Darnell Nurse also uh, has, has run our power play at times in the past. And his ability to move the puck and get the transition, get the puck moving from uh, from our defense up to our forwards so that we can get uh, try to spend more time in in the ozone so uh, you know happy to have him serving on a one-year deal at 3.75 it's a number that uh, um, is, is 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 good for us not a and then and then we'll take a look and see who knows if you, we build a relationship we can we can talk about a, a longer term deal um, when the year's over but uh, wonderful opportunity for Tyson and certainly uh, adding a player that uh, has the ability to move the puck and run a power play um we think he's a real good addition for the oilers all right and on a one-year deal i i think it's a good bet for the oilers if if he's uh, awesome then you'll have hopefully have a little bit more cap space uh, next summer and you sign him to a longer term deal if it doesn't work out then you simply walk away uh, after next season, or if it's going that poorly, I suppose you trade him at the deadline, maybe do a contending team. Dale texting it. He says, hi, Reed. So Tyson replaces Oscar Clefbaum, and they have the same two goalies. Smith is now a year older. What am I missing? Can't really see the big improvement from last year. 
Uh, Kyle Turvis will make that much difference. Thanks. That is from Dale. Yeah, Dale, look, I've, I said this about the Oilers a couple of times last week too. I, I can't see them. And if to me, the, the next step for the Oilers, given what they did this past year, and it's a big if because the last time it looked like they took a step forward in 16-17, they, they regressed again. To me, a, a step forward from where the Oilers were last year, which was 12th overall, um, you know, it was ninth in points, 12th in points percentage. So now they're a second-tier team. I, I mean, I think if you, if you look at the NHL most years, there's between four and seven teams that are top-tier teams and you'd put on a short list of being a Stanley Cup contender, and you look at them and say, that team doesn't have very many diff- very many weaknesses. The, the teams in this group can win games a lot of different ways. Sure, they might have a hole or two, but they, they overcome it. They have way more strengths than weaknesses. And then I think there's a pretty large group of teams that are kind of second-tier teams, maybe between, I don't know, 7th overall and even 18th or 19th overall. I would even lump in some teams that, that missed the playoffs in this group. And they're teams that you look at and say, well, they're pretty good and maybe they could go on a run, uh, but they need a couple unusual things to happen. They need their goaltender to get really hot. Um, You know, they need a third liner to all of a sudden turn into a primary goal scorer for a couple months in the playoffs, you know, something like Pisani did, you know, six. That is the group of teams I put the Oilers in right now. I mean, if you're 12th overall, you're better than most of the league. And last year, the Oilers were better than most of the league. But you wouldn't put them on a short list of Stanley Cup contenders. So, Dale, I would say to you, and, and you can tell me what you think, these, these moves that the Oilers made, I think, probably make them a little bit better. I mean, Kyle Turris is a better third-line center than they've had in a long time. I, I, I really think he is. You know, and, and the Oilers in the past have signed players like Kyle Turris and said, okay, you got to be our first or second-line guy. Well, now they have more depth down the middle, so he comes in as the third-line guy. That, that's a positive. You know, Pooley-Arvey, we'll see how it works out. Um, and, and Ennis, I think you know what you're going to get, versatile player. I, I totally get what you're saying with the goaltenders, Dale. I was hoping they would add somebody else. It's probably going to be a 60-game season. Maybe Koskinen plays 38 games and Smith plays 22. Something like that. Maybe it's maybe it's 40 and 20. But you're right. Smith is a year older proved last year he can still play at a pretty high level but what we saw smith's peaks were awesome his lows were much lower than koskinen's lows last year so dale what i would say to you is i i think these signings will make a difference but i to me it doesn't elevate the Oilers into the top five or six in the league if i'm looking at things on paper right now you know i think they can probably finish between eight and twelve you know, overall now, then in the playoffs, that's where you can really prove yourself. And maybe best case scenario, Dale, just hang on to this for a second. Now I'm going to be a total optimistic fool here. Is there a possible scenario, say in April for the final quarter of the short and regular season that they have Clefbaum and Barry? Now it appears maybe that's not the most likely scenario, but I don't think we can rule it out because Ken Holland has said numerous times, not sure exactly what's going to happen with Clefbaum. He doesn't expect to have him for all a part of the season, but he he's not totally sure. So anyway, Dale, that's a great question. I, I don't want to go overboard with what the Oilers did. I do think they've made a couple moves that have helped, but I, I, I don't see them elevating where they're a team that can go out there and finish, you know, third overall in the regular season.
I think the power play will again be good. I think the PK will see if it can be at or near that. Probably won't be at that level again, but maybe it can stay in the top 10. Tourists should help them five on five, but it doesn't transform them into a five on five juggernaut. So Dale, I hope that answers your question. Peter from Wainwright, who cheers for the Colorado Avalanche. He says, uh, Tyson Berry isn't great with positioning in the defensive zone. However, he doesn't give the puck away that often. Put a stay-at-home defenseman with him and he'll be fine. Barry will have a career year with Edmonton, helping them to second in the division. They will upset Vegas in round two if it stays with the divisional format. You heard it here first, folks. Now, that is some guts by Peter. Making a prediction for a season that we really know nothing about in terms of the timing and the format. Peter, good for you. Now, and remember, if you're wrong, that we just lose that text. We, we forget that we even got it. So, uh, anyway, uh, good chat there about the Oilers. We'll get back to a couple other clips here from Ken Holland as we roll along tonight. Rob Brown is going to check in for some of his thoughts. 780-496-0063. We do want to remember Rob Zitlaw when we get back to Inside Sports. Appreciate you tuning in tonight and the sports community in Edmonton and area really feeling a big loss as over the weekend, Rob Zitlaw from ICU video and his wife, Grace were killed in a car crash. Uh, Rob, just a huge part of our sports community. Tim Anger is the executive director of football, Alberta. Tim, thanks for coming on the show, man. Uh, tough, tough news about Rob. And this, this was a man you had known uh, a long, long time and was a big part of both your professional life and you know a guy you got to know as a person too yeah and i mean it's <laughs> you know you just kind of shake your head when when i heard the news it's like oh not rob because uh you know I, I we've been doing a lot in in our sport and i know other sports were involved with rob as well but in our sport you know he just was kind of the the the, the entire backbone of the uh of the the technical world that we were developing in the sport i mean you, you try to convince people to get involved with football to to be coaches to be players and, and all that stuff and and some of the things that that you can add to that to make it uh you know a more of a professional experience are things like game film things like webcasting and, and rob not only did that for us but he did it so well and and and, and he had his he covered off high school football. He covered off junior football in town. He did the Golden Bears for a while. Um, you know, and, and a lot of minor organizations were, were using his services as well. And, 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 and again, it wasn't just the, uh, the fact that he was providing a service. It's that, he, he, you know, the, the very epitome of going above and beyond was, was kind of his mantra because, you know, before, you know, he's been at this for a long time, like 30 years, I think. And, uh, you know, when he first started offering his services to, to, to football teams in the Edmonton area about game film. And game film has become incredibly important to coaches over the years. Uh, a lot of people were kind of a little hesitant because, you know, you could get it on your own. Some well-meeting dad in the stands could get it for you. But when you looked at the difference between what you were getting from your parent volunteer, which had the kind of the Blair Witch Project quality, and then uh, and then what Rob could provide, um, you know, it was a world of difference. And, uh, and, and, and the, what he would do was he would shoot your game if you were a high school team you would shoot your game and then uh, back in the 90s he'd have to go home and uh, and then dub it twice for both teams and then it'd be waiting for you at your school or place of business by 9 a.m the next morning 
uh, during the football season. I don't think the man slept. And, uh, you know, he didn't have to do that. That was just the service that he was providing, and, uh, and he became incredibly invaluable to us. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an incredible loss. Well, and, and his his passion too, and, and we know where we live and we're starting to feel it in the air this week and we know what weather is coming on the weekend and this is when high school football's really getting to the to the nitty-gritty, moving towards the playoffs and provincials. And uh, we talked briefly this afternoon and Rob was out there no, no matter what. That's that's another thing you, you got to remember. He, he, he wasn't just out there in the when the sun was shining. Yeah, he's a, you know, we were we were kind of kidding around with a lot of people today about uh, the fact that uh, some of us, when we were there to administer the game, either as timers, statisticians, or public address, we get to sit there all warm and snug in the in the, in the press box, and there would be Rob perched on the roof or in the stands. Uh, you know, he, he, he certainly couldn't couldn't shoot his games behind glass, so he'd be out there, and sometimes he'd come in at halftime, and then he'd have snow caked on the side of his head, and. And with no complaint, and out he'd go after warming up and do it again in the second half, and then, and then again sacrifice several hours of sleep to make sure everybody got their uh, their game film, uh, you know, the following day. Uh, one of the things he did, you could always tell the difference between when uh, the Alberta Bowl, which is the combination of all the A's to A high school football championships, whenever they were held in Edmonton, and Rob was the uh, was the host broadcaster or the host videographer. I mean, you'd get a almost an NFL caliber uh, webcast. You'd get uh, people in the booths, uh, banners behind them. I mean, you felt like you were up there with Howard and Danny Don in the '70s on Monday Night Football, because he would he would take the time to to make it professional, to make it good, to, to add extra cameras, to add end zone shots. And then if you go to other areas of the province and they were responsible for webcasting the games, you know, a lot of times you just get people just point a camera at us and press play, and it was uh, so it wasn't just again the. Uh, um, the fact that he was doing it for us, it was that you felt like you had a partner. You had someone who was uh, who was really interested in promoting the sport. And a lot of the times during the um, during the early 2000s, when he started to get into the digital aspect of doing the, the videos, he could uh, produce a disc and get it to the local television stations for uh, potential highlight use uh, on, a, on a Friday night. And again, nobody asked him to do that. Nobody uh, Nobody paid him to do that. He just did that on his own. And uh, and as a result, you know, uh, our sport benefited. And we had, you know, maybe there was some kid out there that was watching TV on a Friday night and saw a high school football highlight and said, well, maybe I could do this too. So uh, Rob was, 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 was probably the reason for that. And, and you know, we'll, we, I don't know if anybody's going to be able to replicate the kind of sacrifice the guy did again. I talk about I can't imagine the sleepless nights he went through to, to make sure everybody took, got taken care of. And, and not only that, but he was involved with the Edmonton Prospects baseball, the U of A Gold Bear hockey. Uh, he was serving so many groups, and he had a, he had a good good crew of of, of, uh, of staff working with him as well. But, you know, there was no sacrifice he wasn't willing to make in terms of uh, making sure the job was done right. Yeah, a, a man that truly cared and, and was just outstanding at, at what he did. Tim, thanks so much for your memories, man. Not a problem. Thanks, Reed. That is Tim Anger from Football Alberta, as we remember Rob Zitla on Inside Sports. Well, yeah, a lot of 
news with the Oilers in the NHL over the last week. The draft was last Tuesday and Wednesday. Free agency opened up on Friday. Tourist signing, Ennis coming back to the Oilers, Smith coming back to the Oilers, and Tyson Berry joining the Oilers' blue line. You can get a full summary on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. We'll continue the discussion with Rob Brown in about 90 seconds, and we'll have a couple more cuts from Ken Holland. But we have uh, we have a, uh, a regular but physically distant caller on the line it is chris from phoenix checking in chris i got brownie standing by here buddy but i'll give you about uh, 90 seconds if you can wrap her up awesome awesome long time go here excited about uh the signing minus mike smith but it is what it is uh some of us oiler fans need to calm down we we knew this when we hired holland this wasn't a one or two year fix the guy has done a fantastic job with what he has been given he was given no cap space last year and he was able to turn this team into into a playoff team. Um, and, and let's not forget that we had the number one the number one uh, special teams unit in, in the entire league. Uh, we've all wanted Barry. Let's not kid ourselves. I've wanted Barry for the past like five or six years on this team. And he comes here dirt cheap, three point seven five million for a guy that's going to give you at least fifty points in an 82, uh, 82 game season with Connor and with Leon. Just keep this in mind. He's going to be feeding outlet passes five on five. To one of the two or the two best players in the league. And he's also going to be uh, manning the power play, right side shot point, which we haven't had ever. Uh, actually, uh, we haven't had that since, uh, since Pronger. So I have, let's go Oilers. And next step is uh, hopefully making it deeper in the playoffs. That is Chris from Phoenix. Usually has a lot of energy. Did not disappoint tonight. Happy to hear him checking in. Quickly, the scoreboard. It is 6-0, Braves leading the Dodgers in the sixth. Rays and Astros get going shortly. And the football game halftime, Tennessee leading Buffalo 21-10. I was reading, I I believe Tennessee has only had one practice in the last two weeks. I'm not trying to make light of uh, COVID or anything here as we bring in Rob Brown. But, geez, Rob, only, only one practice every two weeks. That's a schedule you would enjoy. Well, it's one too many, but yeah, I, I prefer that as opposed to what I used to have. It is amazing, though, that, I mean, playing at the top level in the NFL, that you can go that long without a practice and, and be, I mean, Buffalo is good, and Tennessee's beating them. So I just hope that uh, COVID does not become a, a bigger factor in the NFL as a few of the games and a few of the teams have already faced that this year. Yeah, I think it's up to seven games now that have had to be moved around. And obviously with games being postponed, then they had to move a bye week and move another game. So yeah, hopefully, you know, if they, they get in the entire 16 games and the, the teams keep on keep on as being as, as, as safe as possible. League's been fun to watch this year. Hey, it, it was fun to watch free agency in the draft last week, Rob. Uh, I mean, you joined us on our draft coverage last week. We're, we're going to dive right in here with the big name. Tyson Berry comes to the Oilers one year, $3.75 million. There were rumors that he certainly could have got $5 million elsewhere, maybe even as much as six. Uh, I mean, a, a lot there. And I mean, you, you, were, you were a player and you had to negotiate contracts and all that kind of stuff. What, what stands out most to you about the deal he wound up signing with the Oilers? Well, to me, he signed the same kind of deal that Taylor Hall signed in Buffalo. He wanted a, a, a bigger contract, a longer term, uh, and he's got to prove himself to get that. I'm sure there's other contracts that were offered, but still probably not what he wanted. And for him to get the big contract, he's got to somehow make everyone forget about what he did in Toronto. 
If he looks around the league, where can he have that kind of success? Well, if you're an offensive defenseman and you play the power play, well, why not come to the best power play in the league, your right-handed shot? Well, now you got Connor or Leon Paskey one-timers. So this is an opportunity for, for Barry to have a huge year. Uh, if you look at the, the type of years offensively Clefbaum has had, he's had some pretty good offensive years here. He's not in the same bracket of offensive players Tyson Berry. Tyson Berry just has so many other demand, uh, dynamics that Oscar doesn't have. And offensively, I don't know if there's a better team in the league other than maybe playing with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't know for Tyson Berry to go out and show what he's capable of doing. Uh, it's one of those ones that scares you. It's like t Taylor Hall in Buffalo. Taylor Hall playing with Eichel, uh, playing for Kruger, could have a 50-goal season. And now if he can ask for the moon, then does Buffalo have enough money or does Buffalo have the uh, what Taylor wants to stay? Well, same as Tyson Barry. He could have the biggest year ever. And all of a sudden, okay, I just had 75 points. I was up for the North. And all of a sudden, everybody wants me. Does Edmonton get to keep them? So, but it's it's a a win-win. I think you get someone that's going to play on the power play if Clefbaum isn't available. You get that right-handed dynamic shot that allows the the Oilers who've got the best power play to actually add to it. Uh, so yeah, I, I I'm excited about it. I've, Tyson Berry's a guy that excites you every time you touch the puck. Sometimes good, sometimes bad, but there's always excitement when he's on the ice. Ken Holland wanted a third-line center. Kyle Turris is going to come in and fill that role. Two-year contract for him, not not a lot of money. He was bought out in Nashville. He wasn't able to produce offensively as much as they wanted him to. Certainly his point totals over the last couple of years with Nashville would be fine in a third-line role for the Oilers. After they, they signed him, Rob, I got in touch with a couple guys I know who, who have played against Turris over the courses of career, of his career, the kind of the consensus was, you know, good player, good guy, it maybe tries to force things sometimes instead of making the, the, the safer play. But, you know, he's certain the way I look at it, I, I don't know how many points he's going to get. If it's, a, it, it won't be 82 games, but I don't know if he's going to get half a point a game, 0. 0.4, maybe something around there. But to me, he's certainly an up, uh, an upgrade on you know Haas or Shane or Kara or Gagne or, or whoever else they kind of had trying to be a third liner last year. I, I agree. There's good and bad in this signing. The good is five on five is a better offensive player than anything they have in the bottom six. Uh, good is you can now you can build a, a second power play. Now you're not going to get a whole lot of ice time as your second power play unit, but he's a guy that has run power plays as a number one guy before in his career. Uh, he's He's a right-handed shot playing center. The Oilers desperately needed that. So there's a lot of good. Uh, the, I don't know if it's the bad or, or the unknown is the Oilers are not a good 5-on-5 team, and they haven't been for years. They win on their specialty teams. The one thing they had last year that put them near the top of the standings and, and made them a, have a, you know, a strong season was their specialty teams, both power play and penalty killing. You've lost a huge part of your penalty killing in Shea. Now, is it, was it him? Was it the, what they, the coaches put in? Was it the, the game plan? I don't know, but you had a very successful penalty-killing unit, and you just lost a huge piece of it. Shane was, he was, he was out there to start every penalty kill. He took the face off to start every penalty killing. He's not there no more. So that's the, the unknown. Having said that, uh, looking around at all the different options that were out there for a third-line role, I thought Kyle Turris was your best option. And again, it's it, it's depth. 
that the Oilers hadn't had. The Oilers are a two-line team. Hopefully, Kyle Tourist uh, can give them a little more depth in the in their bottom six. Having said that, there's still unknowns on the wing. The one thing that the Oilers do not have a plethora of is offensive weapons on the on the wings. It, it, the the trickle down effect. Uh, who who's gonna who's gonna be the guy that plays with Kyle Tours? Who's gonna be the guy that uh, if Tours is gonna create offense, he's gonna have to have someone to play with. And I'm not sure they have that yet. I think they're just hopeful that a Pliarby can come in and and fill a role that he hasn't been able to fill before. Well, and Rob. I mean, I, I, I just, you have such an interesting perspective on Puliyarvi because your career, we, I mean, we talk about this a lot. You went through so many phases in your career. You were the offensive guy. You had to redefine yourself a little bit. You had coaches that liked you. You had coaches that didn't like you. You had organizations that moved you along. You had organizations that wanted to welcome you back. <laughs> you know, so now Puliyarvi. Like a year ago, him and his agent were like, "Hey, just just to just to let you know, Oilers, we will never play a game in your uniform again." Okay, buddy, you, you know, like they were pretty ready to walk away, and Ken Holland and Dave Tippett were able to sort of to to mend that bridge. What I, I've talked a lot about Puliyarvi uh, on this show, like I just want to see him learn how to contribute, even when it's a tough night or the offense isn't there. Once we get back to playing, what what do you want to see? How does he become a regular NHLer? Well, I think he has to come in and earn his spot. And you and I took a lot of phone calls last year about Jesse. We, we've, I've read a lot of bloggers. I've read a lot of people writing in that he deserves this. He deserves that. He deserves to play with McDavid. He deserves a chance with Dry Settle. And I completely disagree with all those people. And everyone said, well, he had big years in Finland. Like, he had a great year there last year. And, and anyone that says that, I ask them, how well do you know the player Justin Danforth? And I've yet to find anybody that has ever heard of Justin Danforth. And he's a Canadian kid. He's 27 years old who played one year in the East Coast League. Well, Justin Danforth led the same league that Jesse was in in goals. He led the same league that Jesse was in in points. That is the goal-scoring and point-scoring leader in, in, in Pugliarvi's league. And nobody's heard of him. He's an East Coast player at best. So Pugliarvi was fourth in the league in scoring over there, but it was a bad league. So I, I don't think he deserves anything. I think he has to earn his chance. Now, if he can earn his chance and become a, a player that can be a consistent player on your third line, well, the Oilers got to win-win because now they just filled a role or filled a spot with, with someone without having to get, give anything up for him. So uh, he's got to come in. He's got to have a work ethic great from day one. He's got to be a guy that is lets his work on the ice do the talking. He can't come in and make proclamations. He can't come in and say, I want this, I want that. Come in quiet and go about your job. And if he does that, he'll earn the respect of his players again. But he's got to earn everything that he gets because he left the team. He said a lot of things in the paper about never coming back to this team. So there's nothing owed to him other than an opportunity. Now, this is up to Pugliarvi now. You've got as good of an opportunity as you're ever going to get grab it and run with it and he, if he starts on the third line if he starts on the fourth line, if he starts on the third line with Cal Turner's Turner's is a good hockey player Turner's can make people around him better Pugliarvi's going to have to learn uh, that nothing is given to you no matter where you are drafted in the National Hockey League go out and earn it and if he does this could be a great opportunity for Jesse and also a great uh, signing by Holland and the Edmonton Oilers Rob Brown joining us tonight on Inside Sports, our Inside the Game analyst for our Oilers broadcast here on 630 Chet. 
Tyler Ennis, um, you know, unfortunately his playoff was cut short with the broken leg. Is he is he the ultimate guy uh, where he's he's one of those guys he walks into the dressing room every day and says, what do you need from me today, coach? <laughs> is that where he's at, sort of? Uh, he is, and every coach loves a player like that. He's a guy that you could put him on your first line, you could put him on your fourth line, he could be a healthy scratch without complaining. Uh, any guy that gets nearer to the end of his career is, as a real appreciation uh, of still having the opportunity to be in the NHL. And I think what we saw when Ennis came here, he came here wanting to impress. He came here wanting an opportunity and doing whatever it took. And I think that's contagious amongst the, his teammates. We've seen players that have come through Edmonton that have left, and there's left a hole, like a Hendricks was one. I know that a lot of people talked about Sam Gagne leaving and how that leaves a little bit of a hole in the dressing room. You need glue guys on your team to be successful. Just look at all... I mean, great example, Patrick Maroon in Tampa. He was a first-line player in Edmonton. He's a fourth-line guy in Tampa. He's got back-to-back Stanley Cup championships. You need glue guys. I think Tyler Ennis can be a glue guy. He understands what his role is, and every day he wakes up, he goes to the rink hoping that he has the opportunity to prove himself. And, yeah, I, I think that's a good signing because you can put him anywhere. If injuries happen, if COVID happens, if... Uh, poor play happens. Well, now you got a guy that can jump in with McDavid, dry, settled tourists, or on your fourth line with whoever they put as a centerman there, and you feel comfortable knowing because he's a veteran and he has played and done everything so far in the National Hockey League. Nothing that there's no surprises with his game. And Rob, finally, to sort of wrap up some of the Oilers' headlines from the past week, they did not offer qualifying offers to Andreas Athanasiu, who remains a free agent. They also didn't offer a qualifying, uh, they didn't make a qualifying offer to Matt Benning, who signs on for a couple of years with the National Predators. Matt came on the show Friday, and I, I said, you know, your ice time with the Oilers, you, you kind of were opposite than a, than a lot of guys. He played more in years one and two than he did in years three and four, kind of didn't get used on the penalty kill uh, anymore, so he, he's he's moving on to uh, to another team. Just your thoughts, uh, you know, on, on, on those two guys and, Wonder about, I wonder about double-A. I mean, man, he can fly, but just something didn't click for him last year, both with Detroit and Edmonton. Well, with double-A, his, his feet sink faster than his head. And uh, it's great that you can skate faster. If you can't think fast, you're not going to be successful in the NHL. And the Oilers aren't going to miss him because we never saw anything from him. And obviously, the, the draft picks and the trade, uh, you wish maybe he could rethink that. But at that time, you were hoping that he could be the a missing piece for the others. He wasn't. So losing him, to me, was the right move. You saved money because you didn't have to qualify him. And there's no loss in your dressing room, no loss in, on the ice because he never really gave you anything to get excited about. As for Benning, I know that he's got, he's got guys that love him and he's got guys that don't like him as far as fans and media. I'm a huge fan of, of Matt Benning, and I think that over the next little while, the others are going to see how important he was as your third-pairing defenseman. I mean, he was plus every single season that he played for the Oilers on a team that had players that were big minuses. Now, I know he played third-pairing third minutes, but he played third-pairing minutes, and it was still he was plus. So when he was on the ice, anytime he was on the ice, there's a better chance his team was scoring than getting scored against. Uh, I wish him well. I, obviously, the, the money was a big, diff, a big thing. If they would have had him cheaper here, I'm sure the others would have kept him. But uh, he's going to Nashville. I wish him well in Nashville. And uh, there's going to be that's a hole that's going to be need to be filled. I think that the Oilers and, and ben, Benning was a good fit for the Oilers for the time that he was here. 
Rob, of course, we'll keep uh, checking in. Usually we'll be doing three or four games a week already at this time of year, but uh, hopefully you can pop on Inside Sports from time to time. It's always a pleasure to chat, buddy. Hope the family's doing well. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Take care, Reed. That is Rob Brown, our Inside the Game analyst for our Oilers broadcast on 6.30. Chad, and there we go. Rob kind of hitting on the big the, the big news for the Oilers over the last week. Barry Turris, Ennis, Athanasiu, Benning. I guess we didn't talk too much about the goaltending, but those are some of the big storylines, and uh, Rob gave his perspective. Always good to have him on the show. 780-496-0063. That is the number to call or text. Uh, somebody wants to know when does Seattle start to pick players. Not yet. They're not coming in the league till the next season. So this coming up year is without Seattle. Then they come in after that. Quick timeout, Inside Sports on Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad Gortz Stellick will check in after the 7 o'clock news to tell you more about Tyson Berry's season with the Maple Leafs, the double E coaches show with Milanovic and Morley between 7.30 and 8. Ken Holland on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer earlier today on adding Kyle Turris. You know, he's still relatively, relatively young. He's been a good player in the league. You know, for a lot of years, for whatever reason, things didn't go very good for him in uh, in, in Nashville. And I don't know if it's, the, you know, there's obviously Johansson was there and Duchesne was there and he was there and Bonino was there. And, and uh, you know, David Poyles made a decision to buy out tourists and he traded away Bonino. So, you know, I don't know about the opportunity, but, you know, he was a real good player in Ottawa. I remember them going to game seven against Pittsburgh about two, three years ago and, and losing in uh, sudden death overtime in game seven. And I remember that he had a... A, a real good playoff was a real important player for uh, for Ottawa. He shoots right. Um, Coach Tippett and and uh, they played together. Uh, worked they they worked together. Kyle Tourist and him at the uh, World Championships one year. So there's there's some you know there's some history, some relationship, and and uh, Dave Tippett you know knows uh, enough about uh, Kyle to uh, to feel good about the addition. So I think we're bringing in a guy that's a veteran. He shoots right. He's a center iceman um i think we're going to give an opportunity to uh, on the penalty kill um and they, they we're looking for some from some more scoring on the bottom part of the roster so with the addition with the signing of Pugliarvi, the re-signing of uh, of of, of Ennis and and tourists we've we've added some people to the bottom part of the roster that that we think uh, can provide a little bit more offense all right, that is Ken Hall, and he was on with Stoff earlier today. You can get the full interview on the Oilers Now page on 630Chet.com. Rocket typing into the text line. He says, hey, Reed, it'll be really hard for Barry not to get 50 points. Once again, I love all the acquisitions. I also like the deals that didn't work out, like not getting Markstrom. Calgary will regret that in a few years. I agree with Rob that we need to replace a Matt Benning type of player. That is from Rocket, 780496 0063. Halfway through the third quarter, Tennessee up 21 10 on Buffalo. Gord Stellick coming up. Also, some more memories of Rob Zitlop with Evan Dom from Canada West. That's all ahead on Inside Sports on Chet. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.